You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to Oklahoma HOF on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. Our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them. Do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, DiffieFord.net, and then on Instagram at DiffieFordLincoln. And let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hoon here, host, back with another episode. Today, we are up at Sundance Airport, and, well, I didn't bring my aviators, but I do want to go fly a Spitfire, uh, which is a dream of mine. I'm sure it might happen one day if I have enough money in the bank. But my guest today is Mr. Blake Rainey. Uh, probably most people know you online or on Instagram as the OKC Aviator. Uh, but we're going to talk about your new business and everything that gets you into flying and the love of being up in the sky and in Oklahoma in the wind. I'm sure you've got some funny stories about flying in the wind. But before we dive into all that stuff, tell me a little bit about kind of growing up here and, and why it is that you decide to follow a passion and a pursuit of, uh, of flying. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, born and raised in Oklahoma and uh, my dad's in the oil and gas industry. And uh, from a young age, he taught us, you know, the, the value of working hard and to, um, and that discipline. So, um, you know, when we were young boys, we started a lawn care company, mowing yards. Um, we, we grew that over the years, my younger brother and I, but, uh, I'd always had a passion for aviation. And ever since I was a little kid, you know, flying RC aircraft, uh, being on the simulators, that was always kind of what was in my DNA as a young boy to do that. So, um, over the years, I just kind of evolved into a hobby and uh, super passionate about that, but still in the small business and uh, made a pivot about uh, a little over a year ago to step full time into aviation. So, yeah, pretty exciting stuff, right? It's a lot of fun. <laughs> so growing up, you mentioned you and little brother started a, uh, a lawn business. What, I mean, is there a reason that you think, you know what, we should start a business because we want to buy a car, we want money? Like, what's the, and obviously for a lot of people listening, that's generally, if you're an entrepreneur, that's sort of like the first business that you go into, right? It's easy, yeah. it's pretty simple, buy a mower, gas, go knock on doors and cut grass. Um, but I'm curious to the reason why. Like, why does why do you and your brother decide to start a business together? Yeah, you know, I think we had a, um, 
we had kind of a uh, model, a role model that had gone and done that industry and took it to a really professional level. And uh, uh, Ty Hartwig, Total Environment. Um, and so we saw what it could be if we, we stayed with it and uh, really take, took it from just a weekend or a summer job to really a professional business. And so that's what we developed a, a lot with my younger brother. We kind of pushed that to to just a professional service. Yeah, you still have that today? We do, yes. Okay, nice. So the other thing, like, you know, growing up, like obviously your dad's kind of sort of an entrepreneur he's in the oilfield industry. You see him being successful, working hard, great role model. You and your brother decide to start a business and, and like I said, get some kind of guidance on that as well but what are you like growing up in high school like are you into sports are you thinking I'm going into college to do whatever like what's what's that kind of point in life like when you're 16 17 18 deciding you know what your dreams are and what you want to do for the rest of your life yeah so I think for me you know my dad was really good about he wanted us to go into something that we really wanted to do at the time um, I thought I wanted to go be a petroleum engineer and then uh, work in the industry and step out and eventually join him in the business. Um, but the oil field took a turn and a lot of companies weren't hiring as I was at University of Oklahoma. And so we decided to continue to be entrepreneurs and we were big believers of doing whatever we can at the time. So we, we operated in service businesses and, uh, and then eventually that led to some real estate and other things and uh, allowed us the opportunity to to step into aviation. Yeah. So then once you do think, because OU has a pretty good flight school too, right? They do. Yes. Yeah. So once you kind of make that decision, like when when someone says to you, like, you know, Hey, we're going to step into aviation, you know, the average person's like, what do you mean? Are you going to learn to fly? Like you're going to buy and sell? Like, so how was that? What was the vision at that point to go into, you know what? Yeah. We're going to step into aviation and like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. So I think aviation a lot of times can be, kind of distant for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, it's just, it seems out of reach or they don't know how to get involved. And so um, it really takes a lot of people that are in the industry or out at the local airport to, to spend time with the younger generation and say like, hey, these are things that you can achieve and you can learn to get your pilot's license. Um, and so I think a lot of people find they get introduced to aviation with flying with someone um, or coming out to the local airport and watching airplanes. And then it just kind of naturally progresses after that. And so I think you have a lot of people that's, they didn't know about aviation and they didn't think that's something they could do. And uh, they, f- they fall in love with it. And then it just becomes a whole new world for them. And so uh, that's one thing I'm really passionate about is introducing people to aviation and just watching just their world expand as they dive into something that's totally new. Yeah, I think to that point, right, I, the one other guy that I know that flies, his his dad flies, his brother flies, his granddad flies. Like, they're, they're kind of ranchers out in Ada, and, like, they fly down to Thomas to do cattle stuff. Yeah. Like, it's, it's you know, the, the whole, like, crop dusting scene and, like, the country boy type farmers that, that have yeah. planes, right? I go yeah. back to, like, the Pearl Harbor stuff, right? Yeah. Like, learn to fly out of a field yeah. and stuff like that, which is super cool, right? And the good thing about Oklahoma is we have plenty of flat land to take off Absolutely. and land. We, uh, we've got plenty of flat land, and you talked about the Oklahoma wind, so... Um, there's a quote that says calm seas never made a good sailor. And so I think that's an advantage Oklahoma pilots have mm-hmm. is we're used to landing in the tough crosswinds. And so when we go to other states, typically the winds are pretty light. 
And so you have pilots come to Oklahoma. How do you guys find these winds? It's just part of it. We learn early on that to, yeah. to deal with the winds. So it also translates to golf too, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Playing golf in the wind is a nice thing, but we're used to it now. Uh, so growing up, you never thought like, you know, you enjoyed like flying RC planes and stuff like that, but you didn't think, you know what, I want to go like be a commercial pilot or be a fighter pilot in the army. You know, I, I had those thoughts. Um, you know, I think that's, there's something in the aviation industry where people look at, maybe don't pursue being a pilot uh, full time because they're worried about being gone all the time or they're worried about not being there for their family or their kids. And so I think that's part of what we want to do here at Sparrow is we want to create a business model that will allow pilots to be home with their families, their spouse, and uh, to, to be there for their, and how do you do that in an industry that requires you to be gone is going to be a challenge, but I think that's kind of at the core of what we're setting out to do is to yeah. create an environment where pilots can be home. They can have a good quality of life. Yeah. For like, for, for me, I mean, when I think of like aviation growing up, you know, growing up in the UK and we went too far away from a couple of RAF bases and there's plenty of YouTube videos online of people flying through through between the mountains, North Wales, and a lot of photographers out there. And, like, you see that, and you're like, that is cool to me, right? Someone flying a Eurofighter, you know, 500 foot off the ground, and the photographers are taking photos down on the pilot is like, that's yeah, cool to yeah. me. Very few people get to do that. Right. But, you know, when you see that and you think, yeah, I want to get into this business, but I also want to see my family every day, then you dive into the side that, you know, you guys are in with, you know, not just you know, commercial pilots flying all over the world, but like you might be a corporate pilot or you might just so, want to fly because it's what you like to do. Or a guy, obviously we both know has a roofing company and he flies to the disasters around the States and that's how he gets to his, to and from his appointments. Like it can be a great uh, way to do business as well. Absolutely. It is. It's such a great tool. And so, um, you know, we've used aviation in our businesses. Uh, my wife's from Cincinnati, Ohio in Oklahoma city, there's not a direct flight to Cincinnati, and it's a 14-hour drive. If you do commercial, it's about 10. But um, since I'm a pilot, we were able to fly the aircraft in about three and a half hours to be Cincinnati. So it, it is a very good, it's a great tool, and it's a great skill. And just the enjoyment, there's just something about being in the air that uh, is is quite an experience. So. Yeah, I've, I've had, so my... Um, my uncle was my uncle, not anymore. When he was my uncle, he was in the RAF, and he flew as well. And he become a became a uh, like an air flight instructor. And he's like, "I'll take you up one day." So we take off, and he basically had me take off. And I was shocked how uh, kind of strong, how hard it is to pull back, right? Like how strong you kind of got to be to pull up. And great experience. But then, like you, you could get the bug, right? You're like I want to do this every day, right? And fly around. I'm interested in, in how your kind of experience was learning to fly. And then also, you know, you're taking, like, I assume your dad doesn't fly. You know, my dad, he, he, he did own aircraft okay. when he's right out of college. He, he didn't finish his license. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he was, he had a student pilot's license and he had soloed. So, yeah. So what's it like going up, like passing your test and then going out with dad or family and, you know, Anna, the wife, or whoever. Sorry, yeah. Anna, not yeah. Anna. I say that all the time. You know, uh, I think that's that's one of the biggest enjoyments for yeah. me is taking people flying that uh, maybe haven't been in a small aircraft or um, have an experience like that because I think people are confused. You know, what do you mean I can just go out to the airport and I can get in the aircraft and we can go 
punch holes through the sky. And so I think just breaking down those barriers that uh, aviation can have in place and just opening that that avenue is, is I get a lot of enjoyment out of that. And, uh, you know, I think you had Zach on the podcast a few years ago. And uh, Zach contacted me about brokering a helicopter for him and doing some management. And I said, you know, Zach, you ought to uh, you ought to think about getting your pilot's license. And he said, well, I don't, I don't know, bro. Can I do that? And I was like, absolutely. So, you know, I encouraged him to step into that. And he's doing his training. And, uh, you know, just really, you just saw the passion that Zach had that just, man, this is awesome. This is the coolest thing I've ever done. So I got a lot of fulfillment in that, seeing Zach take that step into and to go pursue that pilot's license because it's very obtainable. Yeah, and, and like to that point, right, it, 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 we, you know, me as saying with podcasting or with golf, like I get a kick out of introducing people to it, right? Because yeah. it's, you know, once you've done it, once you've experienced that, you want others to experience it. Yeah. So they also understand what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. But Zach, yeah, like I think... I remember like following him when he picked up the helicopter, I think or flew it back from California or whatever it was and like landed it somewhere in Vegas or on, yeah. I was like, dude, you're nuts. Yeah. Like landing it on that, whatever you call those red rock mountain things that stick out of the ground. But, and then I was there the day that he flew it into coffee and cars as well and landed absolutely, it on the back absolutely. of his wagon trailer. That, so. I was like, dude, I hate you right now. This is awesome. Yeah. I think uh, it's, it's that exposure too. It's, uh, you know, I've, I have the opportunity to serve for the state on the Oklahoma Aeronautics Commission. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, something the team there, they're, they're so great about just bringing awareness to aviation in Oklahoma. And so we are currently the number one state in the country for the most high schools signed up with the AOPA aviation curriculum. So we have 61 high schools across the state. And what this does is it, it allows students starting at their freshman year to take a aviation science um, they can go the pilot route or the AMP, and uh, and it just gets them exposed through those years to prepare them for. Hey, this is an industry that you can go into. Um, right now, aviation aerospace is our second industry in the state. It's our most rapidly growing industry. It's number two behind oil and gas, and we think in the next f- uh, five years it will surpass oil and gas. It's a forty-five billion dollar uh, economic impact, and so we're excited in Oklahoma for aviation and the opportunities that are here for, mm-hmm. for young kids coming up and, and to, to seek careers. Yeah, it's no longer flyover state, right? Like, you know, people, like, you know, yeah. I've been here over 10 years now, and people are always, you know, why do you go to Oklahoma? There's nothing there. And then that, you know, you talk about people traveling here and, and yeah. the, the infrastructure growing, and obviously people have got to land somewhere, yeah. you know, and fly in. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised yeah. that it's going to be a super growing industry. And then obviously it makes total sense that having a business in this industry yeah. was probably a good, you know, yeah decision to make. And I think Oklahoma is such a friendly place for business. And so we go to all these events across the country, Oshkosh, MBAA, and our state's really good at drawing uh, aviation aerospace business into the state. And people are excited about coming to Oklahoma because they know it's a great place to do business. And, um, you know, we, we're very heavily in the uh, maintenance side. So we have American Airlines and Tulsa, they're the largest maintenance facility in the world. We've got Tinker Air Force Base, and we've got uh, uh, Boeing. And so we've got a lot of aviation companies that are really looking at Oklahoma and because uh, they see something special going on here, something different, and they're they're excited to to bring that to our state. Yeah, I didn't know that about American Airlines. That's that's pretty epic. I mean, I don't spend much time in Tulsa, so I'm not surprised. But 
you know, it's, you're right. And also like, it's just having that, the fact that we're obviously bang smack in the middle of the country too, that makes a huge difference. Absolutely. When, when you look for aircraft that are re, being repositioned across the country, um, it's easy to fly to Oklahoma because it's very central. Yeah. So versus off the coast, you know, you've got a longer, longer distance to cover. So really for a maintenance position or even a airline, Oklahoma is a great place. Yeah. So obviously with the new business Sparrow, you know, you've seen opportunities and, and, and avenues pop up and there's people listening to this that know you and Anna are not going to be surprised that you decide to launch a business. Cause it seems like when you see an opportunity, a business pops up, right. And you know, it, it's cool to to see that, but also something that you're so passionate about and being an industry that, like you said, have the stats, the $45 billion industry that are coming to Oklahoma. It's not only that you're adding a value to people coming to the state that want to get into aviation, but you're also, you know, doing something you love to do, right? Absolutely. That's, that's very exciting. And so we just, we see an opportunity in aviation to, uh, being in the service industry, we've, we've really, you know, we've, serve people. And uh, that's kind of our heart behind Sparrow. Um, we just see an opportunity to where, you know, in the 60s when you had TWA and Howard Hughes, it was just event to go fly and people, it was an experience. And I think with the Southwest and all these um, airlines that are having issues, it's just people, people don't enjoy flying. So you ask them, you know, how was your trip? And they said, it was great other than the flight and I got stranded. And so um, it just, Commercial air travel has not been a reliable means for transportation. And so um, we think we want to bring that back to the experience, whether that be fractional air share or a on-demand jet service or aircraft management like we do for individuals. So, um, you know, it's becoming a more people are looking to those alternate means of air travel versus the commercial transportation route. Yeah. And also, especially after that giant world event that we had a couple of years ago too, right? <laughs> like yes. they don't want to go anywhere near anyone yeah. else on a plane. Yeah. So d during COVID, you know, you had air travel was, uh, was slowed down, but, uh, you know, pre COVID about 75% of private aviation was business travel, 25% leisure. That's kind of flipped after that. And so more people are, you know, we've got zoom and all these things for business, but people are still looking to travel and use uh, private air as their means of transportation. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So how long did it take for you guys to come up with this idea to open the doors? I assume it's probably not that long, but uh, have you, when you got into the business, did you think one day that you would have a service-based business like this or some other business? Yeah. So, you know, I'd always had one foot in aviation for the last three or four years. Um, we were, I was a broker in aircraft, doing some management, putting together partnerships. And uh, so, I, for and, and flying professionally, um, right seat in aircraft. And then uh, the start of, uh, start of last year, uh, we were presented an individual that works for us on the service businesses. He said he had a company that uh, um, his brother-in-law worked for, and they were looking for somebody to manage their aircraft. And uh, so I talked to him. I said, well, what kind of what aircraft is it? And he said, it's a TBM, and, uh, which at the time was a great airplane that I was looking forward to flying. And uh, I asked him where it was located. He said Sundance. And so we keep two aircraft out here. And Sundance is such a unique place in Oklahoma City for aviation. And so I uh, went and talked to the owners. And they were 
they said, yeah, that sounds good. We're looking for a pilot, somebody to manage, and uh, got to hear their story as businessmen and how they really passionate about helping men that have been incarcerated um, get out of that that system and and implement into the workforce and get them on their feet. So that was one of our uh, earlier aircraft that we brought on for management and uh, went to MBAA down in Florida. A friend of mine that works for Textron introduces me to a guy and he's wanting to hear a little bit about our story. And uh, so we're talking, we're doing aircraft management. And uh, he said, well, hey, I got this guy in Houston that's looking for a pilot and somebody manages aircraft. He goes, and I don't want anything to do with it. He goes, but I'll just give you this guy's contact. I said, well, what, uh, what kind of aircraft is it? And he said, oh, it's a TBM. And so my ears perked up because that's what we we're flying. And uh, I said, what model? And he said, that's a 700. And I said, well, that's the same make and models we're already managing. And uh, so I asked him about this guy's story. And he said, you know, he, uh, he was in, uh, grew up in a home, broken home, eighth grade, uh, went to prison, and uh, did about five and a half years in the prison system, was looking at 32 to life. And uh, he, he found the Lord in prison and dedicated his life to serving Christ through his business and uh, got out uh, with $200 in his account, bought a tow strap and started hauling scrap cars into the junkyard. Last year, they did $32 million. And most of the men in his business are um, out of the prison system. And so I'm, I'm sitting here in Florida and these are both two same make, same model aircraft. And uh, the business owners both have a heart for men that are coming out of the prison system. And so I, I called George about two weeks later I said, hey, George, you don't know me. I talked to somebody in Florida that uh, said you're looking for aircraft management, a pilot. And uh, I said, I know you're in Houston. Where's the aircraft at? And he said, well, it's up in Oklahoma City. Where are you at? And I said, well, Oklahoma City. And uh, and he said, and I said, what airport? And he said, well, Wiley Post, is that close to you? And I said, well, we fly out of there all the time. So, And, and he said, well, great. Can you fly the aircraft from Wiley Post down to Houston on Tuesday take me Wednesday, go visit these guys in prison. We'll come back to Houston Wednesday night. And um, I said, George, you know, that works really well because my wife, Ann and I were scheduled to be in Houston on Thursday night for a version Bible event. And so we flew the trip. It was an incredible experience and got to go to the version. It was really, it was neat how it all worked out to, to bring us that second aircraft uh, yeah. early in the start. So Yeah, like those those stories, like you're probably sitting there in Florida thinking, are we talking about the same guy here? How's this yeah. working out? Is this the same plane? No, it's not. I mean, it is, but it isn't, right? Yeah. Like, how is this all working out? But there's so many of those stories that you will come across as you progress through this business, and I'm sure I've already come across as well. But Tell me about your faith. That's an interesting thing, too, because Bobby's been on the podcast. He's yeah, great. Absolutely. Uh, and obviously, creating you version is a pretty monumental experience. Uh, tell me about that. How does that start? And then, and, and obviously, you're pretty involved if you go into, you know, Houston and all other places, yeah. too. Yeah. So, Bobby, that's how Bobby and I met was through really aviation. I reached out to him. I knew he was working on his pilot's license. Um, I've got an open go- cockpit biplane that I fly, and I reached out to Bobby and asked him if he'd want to go, and he was uh, he jumped at the chance. So, so I met Bobby through aviation, but uh, you know we we were raised in a home where we we attended attended church, and that was what we we did. But uh, I didn't really have a fully understanding of what it meant to actually have a personal relationship with Christ. And uh, I had a pastor one time. He talked about how. You know, you can go to the Thunder game and you can 
you can wear a Westbrook jersey and you can know all the stats and you can cheer for Westbrook. But at the end of the day, like Westbrook doesn't know you because you don't have that personal relationship. So um, when I was about 24, I, I had that realization that it was more about just knowing about the Lord and actually having a personal relationship with him. Um, and so that's been a journey. But I think that goes back a lot to our name. So um, people ask, you know, why Sparrow? Why not? Uh, why not another bird? And and really, sparrow is is the least of the least birds. But uh, you know, God talks about how it's a symbol of His love, and He knows when even one sparrow falls, how much more does He care about us? So that's what we really are. Our passion behind the av- aviation is a passion, but it's really people that we want to reach um, through our calling mm-hmm. and and to make people feel valued and loved through through the industry that we're in. Yeah, yeah. So. Tell me about the biplane. That's a classic, right? Yeah, so the biplanes, if you haven't been in an open cockpit biplane. I have not. <laughs> it's quite the experience. So I had I had several friends out here at Sundance that were flying Stearmans. And, uh, you know, I was the kid coming out here at uh, 12 or 13, just passionate about aviation. And it just took uh, one day for them to say, hey, would you like to go flying? And so I jumped in with them, and I was hooked. I had that bug. And so um, I've had, I bought the aircraft about, about seven years ago. And it's, it's truly, it's a unique experience because I think when we get in an enclosed aircraft, it's a means of transportation, but the biplane, it's, it's just, it's flying over fields and just in the farmlands. It's, it's just a really cool experience, much like maybe driving a classic open, open vehicle. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Do you ever think about doing the wing walking thing? Because that's you know, what they I've, do, right? The open. You top. know, I've talked to Anna. I've talked to my wife about that, and uh, I think we're. I think she's getting closer. But uh, she'd be one of the bright. Is it Brightling girls? Brightling, that do it? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's just laughing so, her head off behind. Yeah, like, yeah. Absolutely. You're gonna do I that. Do it. There we go. It's like it's, it's, it's that was on recording now, too. So, so. It's, yeah, it's public. So we Good. need to put a timeline on that. Uh, yeah, those like. I remember watching Idiot Abroad, the TV show, and it's like he's basically giving him two two things to choose from. Wing, wing walking was the least of the <laughs> of least of the worst things to do, basically. So he does it, and there's this great clip of this just angry guy from the UK screaming at the top of his lungs as this spy plane's doing power rolls. He's like plugged in, which I hate heights. Um, yeah, we could probably get you up there but too. I think I think I would do it. The thing is like. There's two ways to do it, right? Sometimes you're already strapped in before you take off, but the scary one is when you have to get out and strap yourself right. in. I don't want to do that. Absolutely. I'd rather just be strapped in and like ride a roller, co- roller coaster, yeah. right? Which is nuts. But yeah, I'd be interested if anyone actually does that. That'd be another service to the business. Yeah, there you go. We can, we, we can add that there. We'll, we'll, we'll put that on the website. God, that'd be nuts, wouldn't it? Uh, have you ever done anything like that? So I've, I've never wing walked. Uh, I've done aerobatics okay. and... Uh, I've, I've done, I, I have, uh, skydived before once, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's hard to jump out of a, uh, perfectly good aircraft, but yeah. also people say there's no such thing as a perfectly good af- aircraft. So that's probably true. What about the, um, like, you know, people might see uh, red bull air race, right. Or they might be, we see some of the red bull pilots doing crazy stunts. Do you ever think about getting into or trying any of that stuff or learning you, how to do that? You stuff? know, aerobatics is a, definitely a disciplined, uh, 
you know, I think that's one restriction that uh, Anna has. She's comfortable with me flying, but uh, aerobatics is kind of pushing the limit there. Yeah. But uh, I, I have flown aerobatics with other professional pilots, and, uh, you know, it takes a lot of skill, a lot of discipline, and a lot of focus, and it is very physical on your body just pulling those Gs. So I think it's when you look at those guys on TV or even movie Top Gun, and you just have a whole new respect for them for – the amount of physical stress that that puts on your body. Yeah, like the average person doesn't realize how hard that is, right? But, you know, you look at it and you're like, guys, like yeah. stacked being able yeah. to do that. And I think it's always generally the, you know, when if you go in a fighter jet, right, they tell you to, hey, you need to suck in right. before you start pulling Gs, otherwise you're going to throw up somewhere and it's going to hurt. Or, you know, same with flying in anything or a Formula One car, you just can't keep your head up, but... I would that one of the things I want to take off is sitting in a fighter jet and going out there. I've done the simulator thing out of an Air Force base in Arizona, and my neck hurt for like three weeks after it. You know, we probably uh, the Blue Angels or the uh, they do they'd probably be interested in a podcast. We'd probably get you up on a media <laughs> yeah. media ride or something. Get them to I was so mad so. when they came to town, and like I think Lieutenant Governor Pennell got a ride, and one of the newscasters got a ride. I'm like. I need I need a better PR. <laughs> I need to get that uh, that press pass right to go in that because that is a ride of a lifetime. Absolutely, it would uh, be a good time. It would be so good. Uh, what um what, what else kind of stands out to you about you know starting this new business and stuff that you get into and you know it's it's always exciting when you start a new business, but obviously there's a plan in place. Yeah. And you mentioned the the growing aviation industry in Oklahoma. What's yeah. like you know, and, and I hate asking people the five-year plan because it changes every week or whatever but ideally for you where do you see this going yeah so i think as an entrepreneur one of the attributes is kind of flexibility to be able to shift with maybe a direction that uh, needs to be a, a course change but uh, right now we do uh, aircraft management and brokerage and uh, we're looking to step into the fractional space. So that would be for customers that maybe don't have a need for 100% aircraft ownership, but maybe they'd want a quarter share on aircraft. And so we're, we're diving into that space to bring that to Oklahoma City uh, market. We are working on a 135 certificate, which would be able to uh, give us the ability to do on-demand charters. But uh, I think that fractional space is where we're headed. And then um, I think on down the road, that really hop-on jet service is uh, is kind of where we're headed long-term. Um, you know, I think it's, it's still a scheduled route, but uh, instead of operating through, you know, commercial um, terminals, you would come to a private FBO, show up 15 minutes before your flight. We would valet your car, take your bags to the back of the aircraft. You're already pre-checked TSA. It just creates a, a new experience um, of kind of the headaches going through the TSA and, and kind of the hour, two-hour wait times before your flight. So I think long-term, that's where we're headed. And uh, the aircraft management and fractional space is kind of going to get us there. So. Yeah, like the fly, I've been fortunate enough to fly private twice, and it's the greatest experience in the world, right? And it wasn't like a big plane. It was, we flew out of Dallas to uh, Artesia, New Mexico. Yeah. Like, not a big, it was a Sea King, I think, or whatever you call it. It was not a big plane. But driving down to Dallas, going to the private airport, sitting in the, you know, for, like you said, showing up, like yeah. someone putting your golf clips in the back of yeah. a plane and flying to go play golf. Yeah. I don't ever want to fly a normal plane yeah. a normal again, right? Because it's just, it's such a great feeling. And then, you know, landing in an airport in Artesia where 
I think there was a shed and a toilet. Like that was, there was nothing else there, right? But you pull the car up to the back of the plane, they load the, you know, we, it was, it's the greatest experience in the world. And I hope people get to experience that regardless of where you fly. And it doesn't matter what plane yeah. you fly in. It, the yeah. experience is great. Absolutely. And I think when people think about uh, private air travel or I'm going to become a pilot and fly myself, there's really, there's all types of aircraft that you, and so I think people originally go to cost, yeah. you know, aviation's expensive, but there's aircraft that are start at, you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 and move up and, um, something's great about the smaller aircraft is we have 108 airports in our state. And so the access to be able to get to different parts of the state, um, if you can fly yourself and operate those small aircraft, it's, it's, it's really unique. There's airports all across the country that I think when we think about travel commercially, we're thinking about going into these large cities, but there's airports all throughout the country and states that serve smaller towns and and you can really get close into your destination versus having to land in a major city and then drive three hours to where you're going. Yeah, definitely. Like we, I mean, we both love golf and I want to go to Bandon Dunes to play golf sometime and the nearest proper airport is three hours away, which is a nightmare. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Like the, back to the kind of private experience, it doesn't matter what plane you're flying, um, but you're not actually going through TSA and dealing with people canceling flights and you know, sat on a plane, me, especially my golf clubs, I have Apple AirTags in my golf bag. Yeah. And I'm like stressing to no end to see what the, my bag's still a hundred yards away from me in the terminal. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, yeah, flying private's just. And so I think there's a cost to uh, benefit of that. When you, when you talk to companies or business owners, um, you know, they're taking, maybe they're taking four to five members of their team somewhere and, doing multi-stops. And so they can do two or three stops in a day, whereas if they went commercially, they would need two to three days to do that same mission. And so um, now you're not looking at hotels and uh, your team can be back in the office. So I think a lot of small businesses are really seeing that advantage to, to use the aircraft in that way. And then on top of that, going back to uh, family and quality of life, right? So instead of my team being on the road for three to four days, um, at a time, maybe we can go out and back in a day and they can be home having dinner with their family. So I think that's a, uh, that's a value that's hard to put a dollar amount on. Um, and, and that's the advantage that private aviation can bring. Yeah. You mentioned like obviously flying, putting you know, a service of flying people's planes to wherever they need to go and being a, you know, sat in the pilot seat as well. Is that something you would continue to do? Or do you think as time goes on, as you grow as a business and the older you get, you'll slowly phase out of that because, and then go into the more enjoyment side of flying? Yeah, I think there's, there's always going to be a need for that. So, you know, I think if you have an individual that's looking to get an aircraft, you know, he doesn't know what type or, you know, to go out and research that. And so, that's at Sparrow, we can bring a lot of resources. And we, first, what we like to do is just define their mission. And so we like to talk, you know, where, where are you going to be flying in the U.S.? How many people? How often? And then we can start narrowing it down to what type of aircraft that they need because, they, you know, each aircraft can do a different mission. And so um, I always like to say you need to buy about 80% of your mission and the 20% you can charter. And so we want to locate an aircraft that meets your need and you're not overbuying, but you also have an aircraft that's capable to meet um, what your mission is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you obviously still love flying and probably want to fly every day if you could do it. Uh, 
what I mean, f- I'm going to ask you a question which you probably could really nerd out on. I'm going to challenge you not to nerd out on it. Uh, dream fly list. Like, what do you have out there that, you know, from a, I'm a car guy, right? So I have a dream car list yeah. that changes every day. What experiences that you haven't had yet would you like to have in the future in the aviation industry? So you mentioned the P-40, which is an incredible aircraft. Um, you know, the American, the uh, P-51 is uh, is kind of a bucket list aircraft. And uh, it's got a big old Rolls-Royce aircraft engine on it. And uh, that, that would be an experience. That's what you see uh, Tom Cruise flying at the end of the movie, P-51. So I think if I could get into a P-51, that would be a unique experience, kind of a bucket list item. Yeah, add it to the list, right? Because I'm sure yeah, there's plenty absolutely. others. The others, like, you know, to that point, mentioning Tom Cruise, like there's some great aviation movies out there and obviously Top Gun being the recent one. And I think I've watched it at least 10 times. And now it's on Prime, I think, so I could watch it whenever I want. Uh, great movie. But, you know, like that that opening scene, right, where he's just kind of in his hangar, yeah. you know, like that. There's a lot of people out there would love to live that life, live in their hangar, go fly every day, right? I don't know if the wife yeah. would be too happy yeah. about it, but yeah. like, you know. You know, that's, uh, that, that's what's special about Sundance. We, uh, it, it is a privately owned air, airport, and uh, so the community out here is really special. And so um, there's a lot of bonds between pilots out here. And so we do, we open up the hangars on a nice day, and uh, we'll talk airplanes and and that's something about the communities everybody's really willing to help um younger pilots come up so you know when i was younger out here everybody's really willing to share and kind of and uh help pilots develop so i think just coming out to the airport and and asking around people are willing to to point you in the right direction yeah definitely and and earlier you mentioned obviously zach who end up buying a helicopter do you ever think about getting into helicopter space as well like flying helicopters or not you know i've i've taken a few lessons and uh i, I will do that at some point it's uh flying helicopters very different than airplane airplane is very stable and i think zach will tell you that uh flying a helicopter is um is kind of like balancing on a uh, on a ball and trying to juggle at the same time so it requires a lot of a lot of focus um you know, I on my second lesson, I was taking a lesson with a local instructor here, and he's like, "You know, you're doing really well, and are you sure you haven't taken a lesson before?" And uh, we were hovering over at uh, my parents' house at their land, and uh, he was really building me up. He's like, "You ought to go ahead and get your license." And and uh, we land, and I get a text from my dad. He said, "Hey, who's that guy in that helicopter?" That was all over the place. He goes, I was, I was really nervous, and he goes, I was scared, and I was like, "Thanks, Dad, that was me," you know. And so, I think, I think that maybe that was Jesse's way of kind of trying to get me introduced yeah. to go. But he built me up, and then uh, I fell pretty, pretty hard after we landed. So, straight away. So humility, bringing you back to yeah, bringing me back to the ground. Absolutely. Uh, that's the one. Like you look at helicopters, right? And like you know, if something goes wrong with a plane, you can generally save it. With a helicopter, that's the issue. And it's like, it's pretty tough to save it if something goes wrong. You know, so people think that uh, what you do is like an auto rotation. Okay. And so um, as, as a pilot, you practice emergencies and you prepare for things when they go wrong. So a helicopter can use the inertia of the blades to, to do a controlled landing if it's executed properly. Yeah. But you're right, with aircraft, airplane, you do have to the you know the wing that's more stable for a glide helicopter you've got to be really really precise when you do that auto rotation to yeah. to walk away so 
I mean, regardless, they're both cool. And I think I haven't done it yet, but there is an experience in Vegas where you can go and blow up stuff from a helicopter. <laughs> like you can like, there's like a 50 cal strapped to the side of it and you can go blow stuff up. And as a, I mean, if you're a dude, you probably want to go that do would, that. That stuff, would be, right? put that on my bucket list yeah, too, 100%. right behind the P-51. Yeah. Uh, moving away from the air, air, aviation industry, I mean, what else makes you tick? Well, obviously we know, you know, members of the golf club, but what else gets you going? You seem to travel quite a bit and see, I mean, sail a little bit too, seems like, but yeah. you know what, uh, if you're not flying, what else are you doing? You know, I'd say I'm, I'm, uh, I consider myself to kind of just be adventurous. Uh, uh, my wife and I, we do love to travel. Um, we, we like the outdoors. We like to ski. Um, we like to go to the lake. So, um, really being outdoors and, uh, and going on adventures really excites me and doing it with people that are excited about that and people that I love really is really, I'm really passionate about that. So, um, I try to get out on the golf course. It's, it's hard these days, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, really aviation is, is kind of what I breathe. And so, um, even though it's, it's a career now, it's, I'm just passionate about it recreationally too. And, uh, and and just the places that it can take you. Yeah. So. Didn't you guys go to a big air show last year, this year? We did. So we, we go to Oshkosh every okay. year. It's the largest air show in the world, and it's up at Wisconsin. Um, there's over about almost a million people that go to that air show. And what's really cool is it's people from all over the country, all over the world, and everybody flies their aircraft into Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and there's over 10,000 aircraft and you camp with your airplane. So it's a, uh, it's a great time. It's a, it's a basically a big camp for pilots. And so you get to meet people from other States and it's a great bonding time. And, you know, manufacturers are showing new aircraft there. It's a, it's a really special event. Um, I don't know that there's anything like it, uh, but it's, it's, it's very special. Yeah, like when you're in a, you know, you're you're in a in a place where everyone loves what they're doing, and they're all in the same place. And you're also there's there's something special. I hate camping, right? But there's something special when you are camping around with everybody else, going on your own. I yeah. no thanks. But when you're everyone else is kind of doing it, and there's a bit of an atmosphere, and like you know, you probably got some music going on, sunshine in, there's beautiful planes everywhere. You're with your people at that yeah. point, right? Yes, and you know, I think that's. Aviation, people are so passionate about it. And and I've been in around golfers or people that are interested in cars, but there's just something about aviation that um, you can get two pilots in a room and that's all they'll talk about is flying. And so there's kind of a joke that uh, says, how do you know a pilot's in the, in the room? He'll tell you. And, uh, you know, I think that's just pilots they love flying and they love to talk about flying and they love to share that with people yeah. so it's it's definitely a bug and it runs runs in our blood so those in CrossFit athletes right <laughs> I guess so. people who ride the Peloton I guess so. and everything else right. no you're, you're right though like it's um, every time I've been around a pilot I, I found that out right yeah. other than like friends trying to use that like as a pickup line in the bar on a Friday night I'm like what do you do oh, I'm a pilot yeah, yeah sure okay you know, <laughs> you're six foot five I don't think so <laughs> right, like, right. The, the, you know. the famous trust me I'm a pilot right yeah exactly so. yeah all right finishing up then uh I mean favorite aviation movie of all time I probably have to say American Made yeah Tom Cruise uh true story it's uh, it's it's an exciting one. That and Top Top Gun Two is great too. Yeah, my I see. 
I love I love that too. My wife hates Tom Cruise, so she's never seen any of them, which I think is a, her own problem. But yeah, like that American Made, it's such you know, it's obviously it's aviation based, but it's such a great story, right? Like it's it's out of middle of nowhere, Arkansas. Also, the Aviator's another great one about uh, Howard Hughes. Um, he was such a pioneer during the 50s and the 60s, and it really pushed the limits and obviously led up to TWA. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just had a, a really unique vision for what aviation could be. Yeah. Do you have any airports that you want to fly into that you haven't yet? You know, Catalina Island was a really neat one. We did that. It's also out in California. They've got a runway there. Uh, Mackinac Island up north was another cool airport. Sedona is great. There's, there's so many, um, we haven't explored much on the East coast. So I think there's probably a lot of airports that would be great there, especially during the fall to watch the trees turn. Yeah. 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 That's like, obviously, you know, if you, most people who see aviation, they see it through their Instagram or TikTok or whatever, and you will see planes coming in or taking off. I mean, there's that beach somewhere right in the Mediterranean, maybe the planes are coming in or they're coming over top of a mountain to land. Like, or if you like me, you like James Bond, like that scene, he's like taking off and firing guns at the same time. Uh, you know, it, that's mostly where people see it, but you're right. Like flying in, like flying in North Carolina when the leaves are changing, Beautiful. something like that, nothing like it. I uh, think when you, when you talk about on a world airport perspective, uh, Lukla in Nepal okay. is a very challenging airport. It's a short field. It's a gateway to Everest. Um, that is on my bucket list to fly in there. Probably not uh, myself, but to, to be in the back of the aircraft to go to experience that. Yeah. Up to, to up to today then, last question. What is the greatest experience you've ever had in a plane? You know, I think uh, flying the biplane, open cockpit on a nice sunset evening out uh, here in Oklahoma, out in the wheat fields, it's just on a, a calm, still day, that's it's a pretty unique experience. It's just, uh, I don't know that there's anything in aviation that really touches that. Just, uh, you just, you feel so free and it's, uh, it's an exciting experience. Yeah, awesome. Great way to finish. Well, mate, thanks so much for uh, an hour of your time. Thanks so much for just sharing some great stories. Wish you all the best, obviously, with the new business. Uh, can't wait to see it grow and uh, we need to hit the golf course soon. Move. Yeah, for people listening, I'll put the links to uh, Fly Sparrow in the description below and any other links that uh, Blake sees interesting and wants to get you into flying either a helicopter or a plane. So come on out to Sundance, see what the experience is about and, uh, yeah, get you in the air. See those beautiful Oklahoma sunsets. That's right. Catch you next episode. Cheers. Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, sharing Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at OklahomaHOF. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation amazing sponsor they do amazing things for the state and they're always sponsoring something in oklahoma they're a huge supporter of oklahoma and without their support we wouldn't be able to do what we do our third sponsor is diffie ford lincoln down in el reno now this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine um play a lot of golf together i've bought my cars from them do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned 
Oklahoma business. Down in El Reno, they're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, DiffieFord.net, and then on Instagram at DiffieFordLincoln. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.